This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, School Success Makers, you guys are in for a treat today. I interview my friend Vincent, who lives in chilly, beautiful, cold Nome, Alaska, home, of course, of the Iditarod Sled Dog Race finish. There's also a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on in Nome, of course, but that's mostly where people will at least remember the name Nome and know where it comes from. Balto, the dog, all that. We talk about his school, what they're doing up there. They're doing amazing things, obviously up against a lot of different challenges up there. We talk about all of them and we have a blast as always doing it. So stay tuned for the next episode of the School Success Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by a friend of mine at a beautiful and cold Nome, Alaska, Vincent, who heads up AHEC, which I'll let him dive into that up there in Alaska, but he is all about Alaska, outdoor stuff, indoor stuff, as he can dive into as well, and an awesome guy leading an awesome, awesome school up there. So, Vincent, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey there, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so again, Vincent Valella, and I work as the Northwest AHEC Director. AHEC stands for Area Health Education Center. And, you know, quick little plug here for AHEC. AHEC's a national organization working in all the states and regions in the United States. AHEC, I think one of the places where they shine best is partnership. So I am situated within an organization in Nome, Alaska, called NACTEC, Northwestern Alaska Career and Technical Education Center. And it's it's been great so far. Right now we're in our first in-person session after COVID. So we have students here learning driver's ed, career skills, medic ETT skills, and culinary arts. Great stuff going on here. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Fantastic. And I know you said it's a big week for, for you guys there at AHEC. What's, what's specifically happening this week that hasn't happened for a while? So at NACTEC, it's a big deal because finally we are bringing students in for our in-person session. So the way the model works here is NACTEC is working with known public schools and Bering Strait School District, which is all the villages surrounding in the region. Now, I got to take a second to explain here for folk that don't live in rural Alaska, the way the setup here works is there's no roads. You can't drive to Nome, Alaska. You have to either come by plane or I guess you could come by a boat if you're feeling really brave, but you have to fly in. Then around Nome, there are smaller villages. Village can range from anywhere between 100 to 1,000 people. These villages have schools, post office, grocery store, but they're, they're quite small. Students from these schools come into NACTEC for two weeks to get an experience in a career field of their choosing and to get experience living away from their home community, which for a lot of these kids is a really big deal. I'll just give you a quick example. I am helping out specifically with the ETT, Emergency Trauma Technician class we're running. I bring the students to the hospital 
and they don't know how to get in an elevator. So that's one of the things we do is we talk about how to use an elevator. And, you know, on one hand, the core class that we're giving them, the information, the career skills we're giving them is amazing. But we're also giving them life skills to be successful if they choose to ever leave the community that they're in. That's so awesome. What a great resource and a service you guys provide. Do you guys have the the data on what percentage do leave their home village to pursue something in, you know, maybe it is the lower 48, which of course any other state that's, you know, not Hawaii or Alaska. Do you have any data on even just leaving the village to go to Anchorage to pursue something? Do you have anything like that? I only have anecdotal evidence. I don't have any hard numbers, nor have I seen any. It's possible it exists, but it's also very possible that it does not. In my experience, many young people will go to college for a semester or two, go to a trade school for a semester or two, and then come back to be with their family and be in their community. A lot of these young people have really close ties to their communities and want to be there. Now, that being said, there's a decent number of folk who move to Anchorage, move to the lower 48, move wherever. But in my experience, the kids I work with have very strong ties to their community and want to live and work there. Okay, very good. Well, I know being in Nome, you guys are obviously, as you mentioned, I'm glad you explained, by the way, the village thing, because obviously I know there'll be a lot of listeners not sure exactly what that term is. So being in Nome, there's obviously big, you know, couple awesome events that happen that at least go through there or happen there, which being, of course, the Iditarod sled dog race and the uh, iron dog that goes through Nome. I think it still goes through Nome. Uh, as a halfway spot. But uh, what other fun things for, for Gnome do you do outside or that you enjoy to do there in Gnome with um, any of the kids or family you got up there? This is where I take off my AHAC hat. I put on my Gnome tour guide hat. Gnome Alaska is great. I love it here. Gnome is unique in this region of Alaska in that we have roads that travel north to a village called Teller. We have a road that travels north on the Kugarok Road, west to Teller, east to a tiny village called Council. So we have about 300 miles of road here. So you can get out under the tundra and explore a lot. Personally, I love mountaineering. I love rock climbing. I like hiking and doing all that fun stuff outside. And then the town itself really is robust. There's tons of community events. There's a strong culture in the community where there's stuff to do with young people, stuff to do all the time. I think Nome is a great place. But that being said, being in such a rural area, there are struggles to being here. Finding high quality medical care is a challenge. So we have a great hospital here. We have Norton Sound Health Corporation. They do an amazing job, but they're limited in their capacity. So if you need a surgery, for example, you're on a plane to Anchorage. So there's a balance. We live in a beautiful place and we're very lucky to be here, but living in this rural setting does have challenges obviously things are more expensive there and what's the what's the current price of a gallon of gas gallon of milk carton of eggs what's the what are those pricing let's see gas i want to say is 4.99 right now and so gas is interesting because there's no there's no pipeline coming here there's no trucks coming up to deliver fuel to our gas stations we get fuel once a year on a barge come up, fill up the tanks, and that's what we use all year. Whoa, I actually did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, there was a story. I wasn't here in Nome yet, but there was a story a couple years back 
where it was an especially cold winter and Nome was running out of fuel oil. Fuel oil is how we heat our houses. Most people heat their houses with fuel oil. So fuel oil is just untreated diesel fuel and we run it in small little Toyo stoves and that's what heats our houses. So, you know, there's a story a couple of years back, the fuel oil was running low. So they had to get an icebreaker from Russia to come in and get close to Nome. They got a couple miles out and they had to run a line across the ice to refuel the town. I actually think I remember this. This was within the last 10 years, I believe. Like, Yeah. Uh, I know it's still a long time ago because I was living in Alaska still at that time because I remember that story. That's incredible. I just want to, Alaska's a relentless man. They, they do whatever it takes, obviously, to survive. You know, it's it's wonderful, though. I've been lucky enough I've been able to live all over the United States and all over the world. But there's something really special about living in rural Alaska. And I think it might be because conditions here are harsh. If you mess up and do the wrong thing, you could undergo serious harm or die. And no matter what your personal beliefs are, that's something that unifies everyone here and brings us together. Well, obviously, being with... Being with AHEC and NACTAC, GNOME, you guys you guys are up against, obviously, challenges just like other schools are, but you probably have different, some different challenges. So I'd love if, if you could share some of the ones you guys are going through, if it's one, if it's two, three, however many. But what are some of those challenges you guys are up against right now? So I would say the first challenge that everyone in a rural area is logistics. So when I say that, I mean, just the normal comings and goings of setting up a in-person residential setting for students. Parents don't come in and drop their kids off. We have to organize flights from numerous villages in our region for students to come in. We have to pick them up at the airport. And if something happens where they need to go back home, that's another flight being organized. So it's not just a simple, you know, drive up and down the road. There's some serious logistical planning that takes place for anything. So all our supplies have to come via barge or via plane where you might order something online and it takes two days to come. Here it might take two to four weeks. So there's a lot of planning that goes into making a successful program, much more so here than probably in what Alaskans like to call the lower 48 or the contiguous United States. Beyond logistics, I would say our second biggest challenge here is in Northwest Alaska and many other parts of Alaska, I being a a white male am a guest in this region. We live in a predominantly Alaskan native area. In our region, there's five separate tribes. So there's Inupiaq, Siberian Yupik, Lower Kuskokwim Yupik, King Islanders, and there's one more, St. Lawrence Island Yupik, unless I already mentioned that. I apologize. But so anyway, there's a lot of tribes here coming together. Given the history of the region and the damage done by colonialism in this region, there is a really high amount of trauma in the community that impacts everyone here in every aspect of our lives. So from an education perspective, often students are coming with generational trauma as well as numerous adverse childhood experiences that are barriers to their success. So as an educational institution, we have to accommodate students and meet them where they're at to help them be successful in their futures. That was a big one. That was a heavy one. 
I probably should have warned you about that. It's very, it's a very true thing. And it's something I, I think it should be talked about more like that is the generational trauma, how, how real that really is. And it's something actually I've just within the last month or two heard more about like the data behind that and the reasons behind it, not from actually the Alaska point of view. So that was a really good point that you shared, but no, very true. So let's keep going. If you got any more, that's good. You know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on it. There's many, many more sources you can seek out if this is something you want to learn more about or educate yourself. But it is something, if, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, I think you might owe it to yourself to, to do some more investigation. And, you know, the last problem here, or the last challenge we face, is attrition here is extremely high for professionals. So the average amount of time a teacher spends in our district is less than two years. So imagine you're working with a staff and there's this super high turnover, there's a very low institutional memory. And because of that, it makes providing a high quality education extremely important because you're constantly training new staff and getting them used to the area in which they're working. So I'd say that's my top three, I'd say logistics, generational trauma in the community and attrition of staff because living here living here is hard you know i can wax and wane about living here as much as i want but it's not for everyone yeah i mean i obviously lived in alaska for 14 years not in nome of course lived in wasilla so could commute to go to anchorage and stuff but uh, I loved the winters because I was involved in all the winter sports. My wife, it was harder on her because she wasn't in the into all the winter sports. Like I was snowboarding and snow machining and ice fishing. I had all the stuff to go enjoy it. She just wasn't as crazy about that stuff. So summers, winters were hard and she was just living for the summers. Like I can't wait for summers. And so I know that was, that was really hard. I know that's just another level um, up there. I've only been there once. So yeah, no, I agree with you. And I wanted to touch real quick on the, the teacher attrition, the, where do you see the disconnect? Is it people coming in, the teachers come in to go in anticipation of going, Hey, I'm going to give this two years. Are they on a contract for two years? Are they, do they get in and go, Holy moly, this is not what I thought it was. And then leave, like, where do you, where's the kind of maybe the disconnect happening since that's continuing to happen? I have not done research on this, so I can't speak with 100% confidence. But in my experience, folk from the contiguous United States, from the lower 48, want to come to Alaska for an adventure, for a, for a year of you know service, of experiencing Alaska, of living in an extremely rural community or village, and don't plan on staying here long term. And in its essence, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that ambition. I'd be lying if I said initially that wasn't the reason why I came here as well. But it does a disservice to the communities and the students to have this consistent turnover. Like imagine as a kid, the teachers that taught you probably were in that school for decades, possibly. Here, kids know their teachers may not be there even next year. There's a lot for a kid to deal with. I mean, already, if you're talking about generational trauma and all the other things they're facing and they're not having the same teacher every year or having the same familiar face that they can see every year. Yeah, that's huge. Because like, these kids come in to your program, they come in for how long of a period of time and then are they back every year for four years of high school or are they back for a certain amount of time? So NACTEC specifically is really lucky. NACTEC has 
really good leadership. NACTEC has a really solid program, and NACTEC's able to hold on to teachers. The attrition for NACTEC specifically, I would guess, is significantly lower. So there's many of the teachers here. You know, students saw when they came to NACTEC two years ago before the pandemic hit. So in general, we don't struggle with that as much, but it is certainly a problem around the state. Well, obviously dealing with these challenges, those are all really big ones. There's got to be some big stuff that's going really, really good for you guys. So if you could share some of the things that are, they're just smooth sailing, you guys are kicking butt at, what are some of those things? I would say the thing that is the smooth sailing that's going really well is we are firing back up in-person sessions and students and communities and parents are pumped. They are so excited to get in here to learn career skills, to interact and mix with students from different villages. This is a big thing for communities here. And it you can see it in the students' faces. They are so excited to land here, to get to stay in our facilities, to get to interact with all these people. It's a real big treat to see. Any other big ones? Yeah, that, that's the top one. You know, we're in a we're in a time of change because there's this. You know, I'm not an expert here, but I I see the way the pandemic has affected education over the past two years, and I see there's there's some change occurring where things are starting to happen again. And in NACTEC sessions are an example of that. And I suspect that trend will continue where we will continue to have in-person sessions. So we're in this, this strange state where we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but we're planning for the best. And that that's what's exciting, is the best might happen. Well, as we wrap up the episode, I always give everybody a chance to share any inspiration or encouragement or words of advice that you would share with any other school leaders that are tuning in across the country. So if you had to put that into uh, however long you want it to be, what would you what would you share with somebody? You mentioned that when we were talking before the episode, and I've been thinking about it as we've been talking. The one, the one thing that stands out to me is there was a gentleman that was working in CTE up at Ilasavik College in Utiagvik. His name was Arth Brown the third, I believe. He works somewhere in the lower 48 now. I'm not exactly sure where. When I was, you know, getting programs started, I was feeling frustrated because I wasn't getting a lot of applicants to my programs. You know, I was getting like one, two, three, four kids. And he really reassured me by telling me that the value in putting on a program isn't necessarily the number of students that attend, but the quality at which you deliver it and that you're making a difference in those few students that do attend lives. And that over time, if what you develop is high quality, students will find your programs. And that's something that resonated really true to me, especially in our area, because our population is small. A, a successful program could have four to five kids in it. So that's the takeaway, is keep doing what you do, even if you're only interacting with a few students. That is solid, solid advice. And um, I know sometimes it is about the numbers because of funding that might need to come in for the school, but you know, every, every specific kid, it needs to be uh, loved and appreciated and, and taught and, and poured into so equally. So I, man, that's a really good one. I love that, Vince. So thanks so much for 
for sharing that and for obviously taking time to be on the podcast today. I think people get a kick out of this one, hearing a little bit about what it's like to uh, how a school's running in, in beautiful Nome, Alaska. And if anybody's uh, interested in um, coming up to maybe be a teacher, it sounds like there might be some openings uh, on a regular basis. <laughs> Here and all over the United States. <laughs> Uh, so, but thank you again. Thank you for pouring into all these kids' lives and just giving of yourself to them and the next generation. I think it's, again, I feel like I'm indebted to all teachers, especially those that are given, especially in the villages like that. That's just a different ball game. So thank you so much. Again, thank you for your time and I wish you and AHEC and NACTEC nothing but the best up there, Vince. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Vincent for taking time out of his busy schedule to be on the podcast today. It's been a busy week for them as they welcome students back for the first time in a couple years. So super thankful that he took time out of his busy schedule to be on the podcast. And it's a good one, guys. A lot of heavy stuff that we talked about, things that they were up against. And again, as always, guys, I want you to take something from today's episode, take it back to your school to make it better than it is right now. That's the vision for this. This is what I want for this podcast. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, you can find us online, schoolsuccessmakers.com. We would love to hear from you. We'll be here next week, as always, with another awesome guest on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.